Well, we have Brother Jeff Arrington on the line, and we're always blessed to talk to him about the kingdom. Lately, everybody's talking about uh, our identity and, and sonship and and what it means to be a, a child of God, and I think Brother Jeff's going to talk about that this morning, and hopefully we'll get to learn some new things about the kingdom of God. You with us there, Brother Jeff? Good morning, Whitney. How you doing, man? Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, doing great. Excited about the Word of God, of course. Uh, it's life-changing, you know. Amen. I look forward to uh, speaking on the kingdom of God, you know, that's given unto us to know the mysteries of the kingdom, those that were close to the Lord. And I believe he has a hidden remnant that's close to him. He's revealing his secrets, you know. This is the appointed time to favor us. And God is still revealing those mysteries that, that are hidden to most people. But to those that follow close to him, uh, he's definitely revealing himself on a deeper level. Hallelujah. And I'm excited about 2020, you know, because I believe this, this is a year of uh, divine interpretation, uh, divine perception and insight. And we as the body of Christ uh, for our generation now will begin to really step into that which we've been apprehended for. We're beginning to apprehend him who's apprehended us. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And Paul said we're pressing toward that, that high calling, you know, uh, to hit that mark. Because it's a high calling we've all been called to. And, uh, of course, you know, we preach sonship here because we believe that's our identity uh, through the pattern son, Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to discuss uh, today and to follow the pattern son because so many saints are lost in their identity, you know, looking forward from all different types of uh, positions and titles and, and dead works and, you know, performances, trying to get that acceptance. Uh, before the Lord, because uh, the world is set up, uh, you know, performance-oriented. Uh, that's how I came up with sports and competition and, you know, trying to be number one. But it's something about receiving Jesus that, that brings you into peace, and that's what I want to discuss today, okay? Amen. I like that. The world is set up with performance-oriented. It, it, it is. It, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, everybody's trying to perform to get acceptance, right? Yeah. Or to get some value or premium in their life. And and yeah. then we also see it, I have lately, because I do some ministry at some of these car shows, and everybody gets a trophy. And I made a mistake one day of looking at some guy, and I said, man, it's like I'm at a Little League game. Everybody gets a trophy. And he, <laughs> he, he didn't like that too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, like, bet, man. it's like nowadays everybody gets a trophy. You know what I mean? There's no, yeah. There's no, uh, there's no. We're not, we're not running this race to, you know, receive a crown anymore or, or uh, an award. It's just everybody gets a trophy. Just show up. <laughs> well, that's why we got to get back to our identity and who we are in Christ as people of God, because we want to fulfill our Father's will. So, this morning, Whitney, if, we, if you got your Bibles, let's let's go to John chapter three. Okay. I know we talked about kings and priests last week and uh, we'll touch on that some more because I believe the body of Christ needs to come into that revelation and understanding there's been a change of the priesthood um, a change of the order of the priesthood and the function of the priesthood and it's the king priest priesthood now which we are a part of which was God's heart from the beginning so 
uh, if you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 3. Uh, let's look at one verse here, uh, verse 33, John 3, We're talking about the pattern, son, this morning. To follow that pattern is to find our own identity. It says that he that have received his testimony have set to his seal that God is true. Now, when you receive the testimony of Jesus Christ, God begins to seal you. Your future becomes unshakable. Uh, your destiny is certain. Nobody can stop it because the testimony of Jesus Christ is the gospel. And uh, we want to discuss that today because to receive that testimony is, is to receive eternal life and to have a, a future that no devil can stop. And I always tell the Lord, I receive the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I want to discuss his testimony and uh, to show the world that, to show the body of Christ to receive that. Now, on this level, his testimony is to defeat the enemy because he instantly gives you victory when you receive him. So if you have your Bible, this, let that be our foundational scripture. We'll come back to it, uh, receiving his testimony. So let's look at his testimony out of the book of Luke, chapter 1. Let's go back to Luke, chapter 1. All right. And let's look at this witness. Luke, chapter 1. Let's go all the way down to the scene with Mary in, in verse 28. It says, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail thou, hail thou Mary, thou art highly favored. Blessed are you among women. And notice God chose this little old girl from a country girl from God knows who, where, who knows where she was from. But God chose her understanding her heart, see. And God chooses according to the heart. Ooh. He told the prophet, man looks on the outer appearance, but I look at the heart. When they bought the seven sons of Jesse, God says, no, none of them. And they bought the last one, David. He was number eight. And God said, this one right here. I choose according to the heart. So the blessed thing about the Lord, he looks at every man's heart, and he makes his decisions based upon that man's heart. So you see here Mary was chosen of God. And let's read on. And when when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this shall be. Verse 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Notice she said, he said, a son. And he shall be called, his name shall be called Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son, there it is again, of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, the word son here is translated we are, which means fully matured son. Fully matured son. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of the and of his kingdom there shall be no end so we see gabriel brought the testimony of jesus christ to mary and he quoted the same thing isaiah said in isaiah uh, 9 6 of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end from this son of god so she, the angel quoted the same thing and said of his increase of his kingdom of his rule there shall be no end to it, no limit to it. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? 
And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which thou shalt be born of thee shall be called, there it is again, the Son of the Highest. The Son of the Highest. So we see here uh, Gabriel, the messenger of God, brings her the testimony from the Father's heart that she would have his son. And he begins to prophesy of his kingdom having no end to it, his rule having no end, his power having no end to it. And this is where Mary begins to, to set in motion something on the earth called faith and what she heard. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Also, the angel told her about Elizabeth was with child, with John at the same time, and he begins to un reveal God's plan concerning John the Baptist. And listen to Mary's response to all that she heard. Listen to this. And Mary said, Behold, verse 38, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Now, it was very critical to setting in motion the plan and the heartbeat of God. How we respond to the word is very important because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. And Mary... Mary responded to the word accordingly, as it was in truth the word of God. Now she sets in motion, she, she sets a seal to receive the testimony of God. Now her future is certain. It cannot be stopped. Although Herod tried to stop it, he killed all the children. Satan tried to stop it. It could not be stopped because she mixed it with faith, what God said. Be it unto me according to thy word. Now, God begins to, of course, it comes to pass. Holy Spirit overshadows the seed of God is planted in her womb. She brings forth a son. She brings forth a son. Not a minister, a son. So that's what we want to discuss today. Christ was birthed as a son. And he's the pattern, he's the pattern we must follow according to the scriptures. So if you turn over to uh, the next chapter, Luke chapter 2, there was a prophet named Simeon, and uh, the Bible says that the Spirit of God was upon him, and that he wouldn't see death until he saw the Messiah. Right. And the Bible says in verse 25, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was a just and devout man, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he saw the Lord Christ. And it came, and it came by, and he came by the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought the child in according to the customs. Now you got to understand that they brought him in according to the customs of the Jews, and the Spirit of God led Simeon there at the same time, and he laid his eyes on on the Son of God. The Bible says he took him up, verse 28, right, and blessed him. And then he says, let me die, I've seen my salvation. Hmm. But I want to get to the part where he prophesies here, and then we'll, we'll take off some sonship right here. He prophesies in verse 34, and Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rise again of many in Israel. Hmm. Notice he prophesied, the fall and the rise. Now this is sonship to the max. Yeah. 
anytime you meet the kingdom of God, and I did 30-something years ago, uh, the Lord begins to to set me on a course of dealings and and chastening and and corrections. I call that the fall. In other words, I begin to fall in my eyes because before God deals with every man, before you get born again, every man is right in his own eyes. God has to deal with that pride and that arrogance. God has to deal with our selfish nature that we inherited from Lucifer. Right. So there has to be a fall <laughs> in our life concerning ourselves. Is that not correct? That is correct. Right. Yeah. This, is, this is sonship. See, this is all about sonship. And God begins to take, take us on a process, and we want to look at that process concerning the Lord Jesus. He begins to go on that process right here. It says, and uh, if you read on down. All right, let's hold that thought for just a second, and we're going to dive into that. We're going to take this quick break here, and uh, we're going to remind folks uh, that they can text our our text line at questions and uh, comments for the broadcast at 606-524-9162. And when we come back, we're going to be talking more about sonship and diving more into it with Elder Jeff Arrington. We'll be right back on Voice in the Kingdom. Little Dave's Family Restaurant and Pizza is a Breckenridge County favorite for a wide variety of delicious menu items. Little Dave's serves breakfast anytime. They offer lunch and dinner specials and feature homemade hand-tossed pizza. Little Dave's is open from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. Sunday through Friday and from 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. on Saturday. They are located at 9536 South Highway 259 in McDaniels. All of their menu items can be ordered for carryout and delivery is available. You can call Little Dave's at 270-902-4400 and be sure to like them on Facebook. Keeping the Box 2 Radio Network strong and on the air for 2020. Monroe Concrete LLC. Little Dave's Restaurant and Pizza. Top Dollar Recycling, Smith's Trading Post, Potter's Hope Ministries, and Orphan Care Alliance, just to name a few. The Box 2 Radio Network business partners. Thank you for your support. The Box 2 Radio Network, elevated talk and inspired music. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. All right. Thank you, Anita. We're back here on the Box 2 Radio Network. We have our friend, Brother Jeff Arrington from Marshall, Texas, imparting kingdom principles. Today we're talking about sonship, and he's been setting the stage already for that this morning and getting ready to really get into it now. And uh, Brother Jeff, go ahead and get into it. Well, it's something about the fall and the rise. It's hard to deal with a man when he's on the rise. Right. That's the pride, the arrogance, uh, how you see yourself. But when God get a hold of you, man, first thing he has to do is cause you to fall in your own eyes. Mm. And uh, that's the process we have to go through when it comes to sonship. See, uh, being born again, of course, our spirit is instantly quickened, made alive, and God puts his spirit within us. But our soul has to be progressively saved. It's not saved instantly. It has to be progressively saved by receiving the engrafted word, which is able to save our soul. And that's the process. That's the that's the difficulty when it comes to uh, that old mind has to be renewed, has to be retrained, has to be reconstituted. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to sonship. Now we see here, uh, if you would, look at Luke 2, 41. 
Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, the scripture says, every year. They went to the, uh, the feast. And, uh, and on this particular year, the scripture says that they, they left, but, but Jesus tarried behind in verse 43. And it took them three days to realize they had left Jesus in Jerusalem. And, of course, we know the story. If you read the story, he was in the temple, of course, uh, asking questions and also sharing with the, the priest uh, the word of God. And let's pick it up here in uh, verse 47. Uh, and all that they heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when his parents saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? And of course we know his, fame, his famous answer. How did that thought me? Did I not know that I must be about my father's business? Mm. Okay. And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto him. And notice, notice now, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. Notice the word subject. That's the Greek word hupotasio, which means to be set under the arrangement of God. So he knew it wasn't his time. So he stepped down. He came out of the temple with them and became subject to them. Under his parents. Now, this is very critical. I teach this to our youth. That's the set time you're supposed to be subject to your parents. This is arranged by God. Well, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6, Obey your parents in the Lord. There's a promise to this. Long life, he says. So it's very critical that children understand their season and their time. Well, it's the same thing with sonship. There was a time and season Christ knew that he must be subject. See, even though he was the Lord of all, even there, he had to come down and be subject to his parents. Hmm. Now, he was 12 years old. The Bible says he was 12. And we didn't hear from him anymore until age 30. Right? When he got baptized. Yeah. Huh? And when, that's when he went and got baptized then, yeah. Yeah, that's what we discussed last week. Remember yeah. uh, Matthew chapter 3? But Hebrews 5, 8 says he learned obedience through the things he suffered. So for all those years, 18 years, he was learning obedience through the things he went through. He was learning how to obey. This is when God was imparting to him sonship. Because you're born of God, yeah, you have a relationship with God, but you don't come into sonship until you become mature. Now, there are stages of growth. I'm not going to discuss all those stages today, but some of them I will. But here we see, let's look at, uh, let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. You're right. At 30 years old, he showed up at the baptism of John, right? Remember that? Yes. And he was baptized with John, and then when he showed up at that baptism, of course, uh, the voice of distinction came and said, this is my beloved son. Son. Right. Yeah, now, that word translated, we are fully mature. So the voice didn't come until he was fully mature. So let's look at Galatians chapter 4, if you would. Verse 1 says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. So we see this word child is translated. See, it's translated uh, uh, napios, no speech, or immature. And what we see in the body of Christ, we see children trying to lead. Yet they have no speech. They don't understand their season. See, they haven't been trained. 
Just because you go to a seminar and get a lot of knowledge or something don't mean you're ready yet. There's a process that we must go through. We differ nothing from a servant, though he differ nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. That's interesting to me. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed. There's a time appointed of God for every son, for every child of God. To be under, that word under is the same word, hupo, tasio, to be under the arrangement of God, of tutors and governors. Who chooses those two tutors and governors? God does. This is a sovereign rule of God. He placed men in your life for a season, certain men. I've had certain men in my life for a season, training me for years and years. I come of age now, and I know some of those same men I, I work with, I minister with, but there were certain times I was under tutors and governors. Hmm. Right here, working with Brother Randy, been here for years. He was a tutor and governor in my life for years. Now we work together in the kingdom. So there's certain, the scripture says, a time appointed. This word time appointed means a fixed time by the Father. Notice it says, of the Father. That word translated a fixed time. Now if you look down at verse 4, it says, but when the fullness of time. So we see the appointed time, which is a fixed time of training and processing, but you look at Galatians 4.4, 4, it says, when the fullness of time was come. This word is a space of time. Time has gone by. Chronos, a certain time has gone by. Season has gone by. Yeah. Now that child has become a son. See, a son. Yeah. God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem us who were under the law. Hallelujah. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, this word adoption means to be placed as sons. So he's trying to show us the pattern here, right? Yeah. He redeemed us. God sent his son into the world to redeem us, but to also bring us into sonship, the maturity, not just to save us to, to go to heaven and miss hell. God's goal is to process his sons and bring us into maturity. Do we see that? Mm. Yes. In, and this is what the body of Christ is missing, see, times and seasons. There's a time for all things, right, according to Ecclesiastes. There's a time for all things. And not understanding these processes or this time element of tutors and governors, man, you can really, really mess up some things. Can you imagine having your child, you have a, you have a baby, and at 12 years old, you give him the keys to your car? <laughs> Can you imagine what's going to happen? Yeah, your insurance if you just went if up. If you don't kill yourself, you're going to yeah. kill somebody else. Right, right? that's right. Yeah, he's going to make a mess of things. So understanding the time and season is very critical. God, When did God send his son at 12 years old in the temple? No, he had to get down and be subject to his parents for 18 years. He sent Christ when he was fully mature at his Appointed time, when the fullness of time came, he sent forth his son, right? He didn't start his ministry till 30. But all that time, what was he doing? He was learning, right? Obedience. Obedience. He was learning how to represent the Father. He was, running, he was learning how not to substitute, but to represent. See, there's so much substitution going on in the body of Christ and leadership, the Holy Spirit can't not testify to anything hardly because there's so much substitution yeah so so did jesus have to do a little learning like we have to do and unlearn some things first is that was that what i'm hearing because he because he came well, from a place of authority and had to learn how to be under it yes 
He had okay. to, he showed us the way yeah. how to deny his soul. This is called the suffering he suffered was denying his own choice. Hmm. It's like take for instance, you know, you the you the king of glory. He was just as much king as twelve as he was at thirty. Right, right. But understanding the times of his father, he had to deny his soul. That suffering say no, it's not time for me to be in this temple. I'm gonna shut up, sit down, and I'm gonna go home and make some table and chairs because it's all of the car. <laughs> Eighteen years, I call it. I, I I did a teaching years ago called Table and Chairs. Mm. <laughs> All he did eighteen years was make furniture. And the patience that comes with that, and the listening and learning, and uh, yeah, yeah, wow, and the subjugation yeah. that we were talking about too. Well, what what you're bringing to the memory here is, you know, his first miracle. He told his mom. He said, "My hour is not come, or my time is not uh -huh. come." So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. But she understanding things, being a mother, she ignored that, of course. <laughs> and, she, and she made the statement, whatever he say, y'all just do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> she understood some things about her son. She heard the angel Gabriel, this would be the son of God. I mean, nothing is impossible with God. That's what the angel told her. Nothing is impossible with God. So she said, well, just do whatever he tells you to do, do it. Well, and even in the moment at the temple, it said after that, after he said, you know, I'm about my father's business, and then he went subject and went along with them, she it said yeah. that Mary considered these things and kept these things in her mind and in her heart. So uh, that yeah. she brought that up later and said, son, now's your time. <laughs> That's it. Uh, glory. But All right. Being, well. Being subject, though, see? Yeah. To that count. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, we're we're about at the top of the hour here, so it's a good spot to kind of to step aside for just a second here, and we're going to come back with some more of this. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. All right, Brother Jeff, you still with us? Still with you, brother. All right, well, we was just me, Quincy, we... we get us excited in here during breaks as we do during the regular broadcast <laughs> and we're sitting here and we're thinking you know jesus just listening to your your teaching this morning jesus knew at 12 that he was the king of glory he knew that he yeah. was god in flesh and, the, and, the one teenager yeah. in history that the, literally yeah, did know it the, all the one yeah that's what we saw it the one teenager in the history of man that knew everything <laughs> he knew he even yeah. knew hey mom you're not right hey dad you're not he knew everything but yet he said hey i'm just going to i'm going to be quiet I'm going to be subject to all these people that are over me even though yeah. he was over them that's just a phenomenal thing right there but that's part of his suffering. See, his suffering was knowing that he was God, but yet he had to be locked into a human body, human mm. flesh. Ooh. So he learned obedience through that suffering. He, but and I want to take you to uh, uh, Matthew 17 and show you this. But he, he learned obedience through that denying his soul, denying his choice, see, and choosing the Father. That's sonship. See, yeah. that's what has to be imparted to us because. We were so independent with the lawlessness of that seed that Satan, you know, put in us in the garden through Adam. First Adam, we became so independent and lawless. See, you know, mm. our life, my life, choose what you want to do, do what you want to do. But sonship is just the opposite. Not my will, but thy will be done. Well, that See, was coming. That, that was coming from what? Roman culture of the time that basically ruled everything too. You know, Roman yep. culture was do what feels good, do what you want to do, no matter what. 
you you know you're slaves under or whatever else you can do whatever you want to anybody you want to do and that was the same culture yeah. that they were being raised in right then sound like america to me now, <laughs> sound like america to me too brother man but, but i did the, the picture that was painted this morning is you know he he, even though, because so often we think we're right and they're wrong, so we're going to get our way. Right. But he was right. He was still God, but yet he yeah. did it their way. There you go. Hmm. Come there on. Go. And see, he's the pattern. And see, we, we, right. we've created these shortcuts, if you would. And uh, there's no such thing, according to God, shortcut. Every man has an appointed time and a fullness of time if he understood the ways of the kingdom, the ways of the Lord. And Christ being the pattern, see, we have to follow his pattern. And there's no shortcut. You can't go to seminar for nine months and come out a pastor. That's man-made stuff, True. see. Yeah. Only God can determine that. And if God say that, that's fine. But see, we've created systems uh, just like the world uh, that, that create these professional preachers, see, professional preachers, and they haven't been dealt with by God. Hmm. See, they haven't gone through the suffering. They haven't gone through the, the fall, if you would. You know, but that fullness, that fullness of time is not the same for everybody, though, right? No, God only knows yeah. the fullness of time yeah. for everybody. The season, the fixed time, see? Right. Some may be shorter than others. Some may be souls maybe a little bit stronger, you know, more, more pride, more arrogance. Only the Father knows. And that's where I want to I'm going to get to there eventually. Okay. I'm just taking the long one around. Got so you. Just stay with got you. All right. But uh, <laughs> let's go to Matthew chapter 17. He's come to full age. The fullness of time has come. Uh, he's been baptized by John. The heavens have opened. And now he's stepping into his full maximum uh, uh, ministry as a son first. And now he gets ready to, to embark upon the ministry of, of God. In verse 17, the Bible says, verse 1, And after six days, six being a day of man, after six days, Jesus take up Peter, James, and John, and his brother, and bringing them up into a high mountain apart. That mountain always suggests, you know, kingdom or government. So he takes them, he chooses these three men, and he takes them up. After he prophesies in Matthew 16, the last verse, there'll be some standing here that will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. He takes them up, and in verse 2 he says, and he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Now, he steps out of the flesh and steps into who he really is for a second. Ooh. And, and they begin to see him as he is. Come on. And in verse 3, it says, And behold, there appeared unto him Moses and Elias talking with him. Moses representing the law, right? And Elias representing the prophets. So you have the law and the prophets right in the midst of him manifesting in his glory. And then, of course, Peter answers and said, Jesus it is good for us to be here. I bet it was. I wish I could have been there. <laughs> it's good for us to be here. If thou will, let us make here three tabernacles, three churches. One for thee, one administration. One for Moses, another administration, one for Elias. So we have the law and the prophet, and we have Christ. And while he was yet speaking, somebody interrupted him. They said, wait a minute. The law is over. The prophet is over. It said, there was a voice out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son, of whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. 
him. So God is saying the transition time has come. The scripture says in, I believe it's Luke chapter 11, or Luke chapter 16, says the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. That's a different administration. That's a different, uh, uh, if you will, dispensation. The law and the prophets are over with. Moses over with. Elias' uh, administration is over with. Now it's the time of the son. Amen. It says that hear ye him. So we have to, Peter wanted to build three churches and equalize Christ to the law and the prophets. No. He's greater than the law, and he's greater than the prophets. Mm. He's the Lord of glory. Hear him. And the key to sonship is being able to hear him, the voice of distinction. And see, when you come into the, to sonship and that maturity, you, you are able now to hear God on a different level. Yeah. Is that not true, Whitney? That's true. Hallelujah. Are you not hearing God differently? Yes. Mm. Than you used to. <laughs> Hallelujah. And and that and we've had some folks make a few comments here. We have one wanting some explanation of uh, sons and then being saved and then that being maturing. I think that's kind of what we're covering uh, a little bit. So talk yeah. talk a little bit about that. Um, you know that that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Where you, you know the being saved is the being born part, and you're the baby there at that moment, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's the natural similitude. Yeah. Uh, yes, we're born. <clears throat> we're born. We become babes. Yeah. Uh, that's the first stage of sonship. Yeah. <clears throat> the scripture talks about being a babe. See, and it, it says in Hebrews, I believe in Hebrews five, it says, uh, uh, as long as we, we are babes, see, babes in Christ, mm -hmm. we can't eat meat. We got to drink milk. Right. See. And then there's that maturity but, that comes. But, but yeah. strong meat belongs to them that are what full age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Full age, full age. So there's a process in the scriptures where we go through to come into maturity from being saved, babes, all the way to being full and mature. Right. So here we see Christ, 30-some years old, full and mature. He takes three disciples up to the mountain, and he's manifested himself. And, of course, God allowed Moses and Elias to appear. And at the same time, he allowed Peter to, Peter to stick his foot in his mouth and said, let us build three churches. And the Lord says, no. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and then there There's was a change, buddy. There's a dispensational change. Right. It's a time. It's a time for my son to manifest. To yes. To set up his ecclesia. To set up his church. To set up his called out one. To set up his government. It's upon his shoulder. Mm. Hear him. Hear him. Who are you listening to? <clears throat> mm. The law, the prophets, ministry, gifts. Are you listening to the son? Glory. Right. Yeah. We yeah. We have another Matthew. question. One more, huh? Go ahead. One more question. Well, and when also well, it was kind of a comment that, you know, he was coming under the subjugation of his parents, but also their culture, which was Jewish culture. And they mm -hmm. people were not considered mature until they were 30. And so it wasn't a fullness of time, a specific amount of years under what he was ready for as much as he was under subject to what culture was ready. You know, he was being subject to that as well. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He followed the customs of the natural Jews yeah. during his first advent. Right. And then I have yeah. another comment here of a brother that just said he wanted to let you know that you are a blessing to him. He He's half blind and can only listen uh, to the word. And he said he wanted to say that you are, uh, are a blessing every, on the mornings here that you're on. So Hallelujah. I thank him so much Amen. in that <clears throat> he's a mighty son of God. Mm. 
and know that, that the best is yet to come for his life. And uh, I believe God's going to use him mightily in the earth. Amen. Just Ooh. by him receiving the word, just by him receiving the word, uh, his future is set and bright and cannot be stopped. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Y'all know the scripture once you get to it. It links back to what we're saying here. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, it says that God who in sundry times and divers manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, has spoken to us by his son. For the mature, we are his son, who he has appointed heir of all things. See, that's been a change. Mm. Uh, the true king has come, and he lives in us now. He's within us, the hope of glory, Christ. Amen. This imposter, Satan, this imposter king has been put down, put out, out of our lives. We've been delivered from his authority. He has no authority over us anymore. Uh, now we're under the true king, Christ himself. That's who God is speaking by now. He's speaking by sonship, his son. See? Hmm. And if we can train men and women to understand that, that to give yourself over to God, and I'll, and I'll discuss that in a minute out of Hebrews 12, and come into the Father uh, of Spirit and let him begin to train you, bring you into sonship. And see, with, and that's what happened. Your filtering system changes once you receive sonship. Now you, you read the word differently. You hear different. Even when you go to get a message, you don't get a message for the people. You hear the Father speaking to you, and you become the message, right? Ooh, come on, bro. That's good preaching. Don't you become the now you become the message because your father's voice is speaking to you first and you're a first partaker of what your father's telling you and you're able to share with others. Is that not true? That's true. I've, you're not certain scripture to get a sermon. It put that people. way, but that's true. That's good stuff. See, that old order is over with, the Levitical order, which most of the body of Christ is still under, where the preacher trying to get a sermon for the people. No, no, no. We become, huh? The New Testament says we become that living epistle, right? Paul said, Second Corinthians 2, we are that living epistle, read by all means. They begin to read our lives. We begin to speak based upon what God has wrought in us. God works in us, sonship, working in us, in us, in us, in us, that one day he might work out of us. But like you said, that's the process, and God dictates that amount of time. You see, hmm. the Bible says of, of, of Jacob that he was a trickster and a supplanter. Well, God took Jacob on a journey, on a process, right? And begin to to process him. That's a whole other teaching. We'll do it when, maybe one of these times. And took him to Laban's house, and he was a trickster. So God always has somebody greater than you. So he <laughs> took him to Laban's house, and Laban began to trick the trickster. And what it did, it, it began to 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 teach Jacob how to to come out of that trickery, come out of that supplanting, and come into sonship. And if you read the end of his life, he wrestled with God. Then God took took his thigh out of joint, tightened the shadow of removing the strength of his pride, right? Mm, yeah. And he began to humble himself and walk with the limp. That's sonship. Mm. Any man that's been through sonship, he has a limp in his life. In other words, he's not so soon to think he's all that, right? Right. <laughs> he's, not, he's not so quick. He's not so quick anymore like he used to be, right? <laughs> He's very hesitant. Past he always prays if God's uh. will and if God allow me. See, that's the proof of remarkable sonship. 
that God would, would allow me. Let me check in with the Lord. And in times past, he would say, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you check in, right? Right. That has to be that has to be wrought in you. That independence has to be driven out, see? That's sonship. If you're going to represent the king of glory and the king I, of kings, that has to be driven out. Anytime I ever you know? say anything that's like, this is not going to happen or I'm not going to let do that again, I always say, by the grace of God. Because I know as soon as I proclaim that i seem to do that dumb stuff again so yeah you're right you you learn if you, if you don't humble yourself yeah, you you're obedience. going to be humbled <laughs> yeah you learn obedience to the thing your mistakes you which you suffer right that's right that's called that's called sonship now look at hebrews 2 verse 10 <clears throat> for <clears throat> excuse me for became him for whom all things and by whom all things and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. Now, this is Christ's mission. He wants to bring many sons unto glory, maturity. See, to take a son from a child, a babe, all the way to sonship is the glory of God, to change a man like that. And the scripture says that as we behold Christ, we'll change from what? Glory to glory. To glory. Come on. As we hear him. As we look to him, not to our religion, not to our denomination, not to our man-made good ideas to call our churches, all this mess. No, we look to him. See, look to him. And as we look to him, we'll change from glory to glory. Now, put, not putting down any, you know, I understand we're doing the best we can, but, but God wants to bring us into a, a maturity. And this is what the fivefold ministry is all about, to bring us into the maturity, the full stature, right? Right. Of Christ. Of Christ to bring us into some maturity. That word statue has to do with character, right? Amen. To bring us into some maturity. Until we all come into that unity of the faith uh, and the statue of the Son of God. See? And all we teach now is, you know, everybody, God want to bless your ministry. God want to make you big. God want to make you this. God want to make you this. No, no, it's the fall and the rise. Once you beat Christ, you go down before you go up. <laughs> That's it. That's the true kingdom, right? That's true discipleship. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. That's down, buddy. Glory. Except the grain of wheat fall, right? Yes. In the ground and die, he abide him alone. But if he fall, he will rise again. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> he will rise again, man. And I'm telling you, such as a powerful force. This is what Satan hates right here, is maturity. He don't mind us staying in Babyland, I call it Babylon, religion and all. He don't care about Babyland, as long as you stay in the nursery and do all this stuff. He don't care. Hmm. <laughs> but, but, but once you come out the nursery and begin to grow and mature, see, that's what he's afraid of. Yeah. Lucifer's afraid of a mature son of God because he knows now he's in trouble, see. He's in trouble. But Christ wants to bring many sons unto glory. As he did Jacob years ago. He brought Jacob into glory. He said, your name shall no longer be a supplanter or a trickster, but your name shall be Israel, one who rules as God. And it get back to what Adam lost, right? He lost his, his, his rule. He lost his dominion. Well, Christ wants to return that. How is he going to return? By raising up mature, seasoned sons of God. Not just a bunch of saved folk who live all their life in the nursery of religion. Christianity. Amen. Amen. But those that tap into the true 
heartbeat of the foundation of the kingdom of God, which is able to bring us into maturity, the king of glory. And this is lordship and kingship. This is what Christ is trying to do. He's trying to take a remnant, a hidden remnant, out of the world, out of religion, and we become the body of Christ. And once we understand that and give ourselves to that, we realize that there's more to this this uh, Bible than we thought. No longer do I have to find my identity in a, my gift or my position. I find it when I recognize and acknowledge and receive his testimony. Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And, of course, some of them said a teacher, a prophet. Then he looked at Peter and said, now, who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, Christ the Son of the living the God. The Son mm. of the living God. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus, we can build on that thought. Now, now, you, now you're on it. Mm. I am the Son of the living God. I am Christos, the anointed one. And I want you to tap into that same inheritance. Because only sons, listen, only sons can get the inheritance. And I'm going to take you there here in a minute. But let's go to, if you would, let's go to uh, Hebrews 12. And I'm going to show you how God imparts this sonship. Has to be imparted. Although we're born children of God, but they come into sonship, see, he has to process us. And we have to receive uh, his correction. Verse 11, Hebrews 12 and 11. Now, no chastening for the present seeing. Oh, no, let me go back up. I, I missed the scripture. Let's go back up here. Verse 5. Now, you have forgotten the exhortation which speak on this unto you as unto children. We are, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Now, this word chastening deals with tutorage and training. Training up, just like you train up a child. Same thing, training. For whom the Lord loves, he trains up, and he scourges, he corrects. Thank Every son whom he receives. Now, this is sonship. If you endure the training of God, he dealeth with you as with sons. Remember, I said we must go through dealings. God deals with our soul. That's the dealings of God. He brings us into sonship. But what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastising, whereof all are partakers, then are ye a bastard and not sons. Did y'all see that? Yes. I didn't, I didn't write that with you. I didn't write that, Quincy. <laughs> I, I understand. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. Don't get mad. But there's a lot of bastards, and I was one of them. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I was I was a bastard too. Until I gave myself over to the Father of Spirit, it says in verse nine. See, this is all about giving ourselves over to the training of the discipline of the Father of Spirit to chase. Mm. Let me read it. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in that's that word again subjection under the arrangement? of the Father, of Spirit, and live. See, God sets us up, sets us up and brings us into an arrangement uh, 
of older men sometimes when we're young to help train us and bring us into tutors. Not to take over our lives, but to represent him. See, this fatherhood stuff is out there. Some of it is extreme, and it's usurping the father's place. That's good stuff. But if a man is mature and seasoned, then he knows how to represent the father. That's why Jesus called no man father. You have to be careful with this stuff because it's in the spirit, not in the flesh. But when we bring it down into the flesh, nigga, you know, we create all this stuff, come out armor barrels and all this stuff, and men taking our books and, and doing all this stuff and doing all. No, 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 no. He's the father of spirits, right? Hmm. And you only have one biological father. But God brings other men that may be able to, to, to impart to you through their maturity because they become we are and, and become partayers, which means fathers in the spirit, that's able to impart to you if you can hear and receive. So there are men in the earth that God has chosen to help train others also. And I'm pretty sure y'all have ran across uh, more than one in your life, right? Right. A man has trained you in some areas and showed you some things that helped you. Is that not true? Yes. Well, that's the arrangement of God. It was for a season, and then God moved you to another one and another one until you come into some fully mature season stuff, right? Amen. And that's the way of the Lord. He's the Father of Spirit. He arranges who disciples you and trains you. Not, not we ourselves. We don't look up and see what the best uh, seminary. We ask God. And he brings men in our life. He may tell you where to go to school. He may. I'm not hating on school. God leads you by the Spirit, right? Amen. To become Spirit-led. That's my next little subject, Spirit-led. When we get to it in the next 30 minutes, they that are led by the Spirit. Ooh. Now, if we can get this down, man, I'm telling the body of Christ coming to maturity. Can you imagine uh, uh, a church having no spot or wrinkle? <laughs> the body of Christ. <laughs> Finally coming into maturity. You're not a baby land. That's Babylon. Babylon is religion. It's mixture, overtone. I call it baby land. I've been there. I'm pretty sure y'all have too, right? Yeah. I'm not hating on no nominations or nothing like that. I'm just telling you my experience where there was a ceiling. We couldn't go higher. We couldn't get no higher than the, than the creed or, or what they believe. Is that not true? Yeah, that's the that's that part we were talking about earlier. We have to unlearn a lot of that stuff. That's the yeah, <laughs> that's, those, yeah. that's those shackles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the religious stuff that you know. If you try to break out, they'll kick you out of the organization. I understand that, but this is part of life. The suffering. If you're mm -hmm. going to follow Jesus, Paul said, "You're going to the kingdom through much tribulation." They of your own household sometimes. People in your own fellowship sometimes going hate because you want maturity. You want more. You want to understand these principles of the mm -hmm. kingdom. God, the Father, is a Father of spirits. Now, the word, Yah, he revealed himself to Moses as Jehovah, Yahweh. That means I exist to become. God wants to become our Father, but we must submit to that. We must give ourselves to that. He just don't want to be your God, Whitney, right? He wants to be your Father. Amen. A lot of people know him as God, God, God. I knew him as God, but I didn't know him as a Father until I came into sanctuary. Till I gave myself to his circumcision. See, he's the father of spirit. Ooh. And I began to give myself to the father. He began to reveal himself, and, and we develop a relationship. That's sonship. Amen. And now, now he can trust me to be on the radio and represent and not come with no, some crazy doctrine, right? Right. <laughs> Amen. 
I'm not preaching my denomination. I'm not preaching what, what my bishop believes, what my pastor believes. No, preach what he's been wrought in me by the Holy Ghost. Glory. And y'all are the witnesses. If y'all can touch, hear his voice. Remember, he said, hear him, him, him. Now, when people speak, I can hear him if they've been with him. Mm. If, they, if they've been trained by him under his tutors, they can represent his voice in the earth. Glory. And others that know him will recognize that voice and give heed to it. Mm. My sheep hear my voice. And that's when that applies. My sheep hear my voice. Hallelujah. And another they will not follow. Sweet. Right? We had a, a listener text in uh, Leviticus 2.13 because Brother Ron wrote the book of Salt, the Salt Covenant. Uh -huh. And, and you know, it goes right along with what you're talking about, how our sacrifice has to be seasoned with salt. In other words, we, we have to begin to obey God and listen to God and do things God's way, and that's how we come into maturity. So, yeah. There you go. That's it. Come on. That is so true. That is so true. I wish we could stand in stand in the line like you get healing. You know, you stand in line, somebody lay hands on you, get healed. <laughs> that, that 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 don't work for character. You can't lay hands on body and part of character. That has to be trained. Woo! Come on, preacher. That's a good. That's, right. That's There's no good. way I can lay hands on somebody to be be mature in Jesus' name. That, that's no, what we talked about yesterday. Like we was talking about how you know you can be gifted and God can give you graces and you know you can have a heavy anointing in the prophetic and healing but if your character isn't able to hold what god's given you then you, you need yeah. to develop that first there you go because if not you'll be all kooky and weird <laughs> <laughs> well we're trying really hard not to be kooky and weird uh, here uh well it's the bottom of the hour and we've got to take our our break here and uh, uh step aside and honor some of our uh, business sponsors and underwriters and uh, we got to give this second trivia question here we're going to keep elder jeff errington on the phone we've got some more to get to with him and we're grateful for his time uh, but the second trivia question again the drawing is friday for that 25 dollars gift card to the wilderness cafe in westview kentucky upon hearing of john the baptist being killed jesus departed into a desert place a crowd then followed after hearing the news what miracle did he perform first Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. Upon hearing of John the Baptist being killed, Jesus went into a desert place, and a crowd followed after hearing the news. What miracle did he perform first? Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. We'll be right back on Voice in the Kingdom. The Box 2 Radio Network would like to thank the Twin Lakes Regional Medical Center. The Twin Lakes Regional Medical Center is located at 910 Wallace Avenue in Litchfield. Their staff of dedicated professionals are ready to provide comforting care for all your medical needs. They exist to heal the sick, relieve pain and suffering, and improve the quality of life for the people they serve. Twin Lakes Regional Medical Center. Hi, this is Pastor Mitch Whidden at Franklin Crossroads Baptist Church, where our vision is to reach people for Christ, teach people to follow Christ, and release people to serve Christ. Our worship times are 1045, and our Sunday school starts at 930. We would love for you to come out and join us for worship sometime, or you could check out our website at franklincrossroads.org.
We're back with Box uh, Voice of the Kingdom. <laughs> oh, Miss Anita, she's wearing too many hats. She's answering the phone in there for the trivia. Folks are calling in and trying to get this one right again. The question, upon hearing of John the Baptist being killed, Jesus departed to a desert place. A crowd then followed him hearing after hearing the news. What miracle did he perform first uh, after that? 270-257-2689. And... Uh, the, the quick hint there is uh, the Gospel of Mark does not mention this particular miracle, um, but the other three do. Uh, so if you need a little help there. And you gave him the answer. I know, you? about helped him out a little too much yeah. there, but that's all right. We're getting right through it here. I want somebody to get into this drawing, so don't forget to, uh, to get that question in there. Two seven zero two five seven two six eight nine. What miracle did he perform first after hearing John the Baptist had been killed and going on to that? desert place all right we're still on the phone here with elder jeff errington and getting into some good good stuff about sonship and maturity uh in that and uh, we're going to keep on going with our brother from texas well all right well we were talking strong meat belongs to them a full age the bible says come on in hebrew and this is where i believe there's a remnant out there they want more. We want more God. We want all we can get, all what's available in this lifetime. And God is, is, is I mean, he's so fast, vast. The scripture says there's no searching his understanding. There's no end to, to what we can get on this side if we humble ourselves. So let's keep moving. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And we were instructed to hear him. The Father said, hear, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Now, what's the voice of the son? What is his testimony? Well, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Ooh. In other words, I don't relate to my uh, natural lineage anymore. I've been born of the Spirit, born of God. I have a new family. Amen. I have a new destiny. Uh, hmm. You didn't even know my new family, my father and uh, uh, all of his children and all my brothers and sisters that he's ordained for me to know. And there's no condemnation now. My past is over. Uh, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Uh, Satan can't condemn me from yesterday because I'm in a new day. Every day I wake up, his mercies are new every morning. Hmm. And uh, it's the voice of the son. Hear him. See, yeah. The law says you did this, you did that. Now, Jesus said, uh, uh, I've taken it away, the sin of the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Free. The son is made free is free indeed. Yes. Glory to God. He said, I took your infirmity, bore your sicknesses. Hallelujah. Upon that tree, you heal, deliver. I mean, the voice of the son is powerful, man. Mm. For the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free, exempt me from the law of sin and death. So we're under new administration. The law is over with Moses, and, and, and the prophets is over with, the Old Testament uh, order, that's over with. Now that the new has come, and with that new comes a new law called the law of the spirit of light in Christ Jesus. Amen. And it makes us free from the law of sin and death. Now this is the voice of the Son. This is what the Son is saying. Hear him, the scripture says. Hear him. Oh, there's no condemnation no more in your life. God has taken it away. You're free. And if you can receive it by faith, you're healed. You're forgiven. Men set free. Now, this is sonship. And 
the sons of God now, they have the liberty and freedom to come before the Father anytime they get ready. See, this has been a dispensational change. It's called the law of grace. I don't have to go through the pastor, the pope, or anybody else. All I got to do is in the name of Jesus, Father, I come before you. Boom, I'm right there before the throne. And that's anybody. Right? Right. But so. That's anybody that's, that's received Christ. So often, though, Brother Jeff, when we hear that scripture that you're preaching on, quoted, that we leave off the backside. We say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those which are in Christ, Jesus. And we put a period there. Instead of the comma that says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Right. So, right. So like, That's the key. Like you're talking, there is a maturity there, 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 there is a place to where you're allowing the chastisement of God, the correction of God, the, the teaching of God to take effect in your life because um, if you just get, I think a lot of people get hung up there. If you just get saved and then you think you can do what you want, well, um, conviction, condemnation, it still comes your way because you have to be yeah. walking after the Spirit. That's right. That's right. Because there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Mm. Satan condemns. He press down, oppress your spirit, oppress, you know, your, your, your spirit where you can't release your spirit. And God comes to correct you in conviction. See, one condemns and press you down. One corrects you and delivers you from yourself. <laughs> Amen. Through repentance, see. See, God's conviction is all about leading us to repentance, to change. Same combination is is to paralyze our spirit, see, and get us focused on ourselves. See the difference? Yes, sir. Conviction will always lead us back to Jesus. Forgive me. I'm wash, wash me in your blood. Give me a new heart, new spirit. See, and then condemnation comes. Say, oh God, I did that and over and over and over. You beat yourself over and over and over and over and over. And over. Instead of repenting and getting out of it, you just beat yourself over and over and over and over and over. That's condemnation. And, and that goes back to what you're teaching about realizing you're a son of God and and, right. and and inviting the chastisement of God and inviting the correction of God and, and and setting under the men God's put over you to learn the right way to to live this Christian walk. Definitely, that's it. So we see that Romans 8 is all about the new order. There's no condemnation. The law uh, of, of life now is ruling our lives, not the law of sin and death, but the law of life. So we go down to verse 14 is where we want to get to. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. That's what we're talking about, surrendering to that sovereign rule of God. And the Spirit of God begins to to order your steps without you even knowing it. He just orders your steps. And uh, uh, somehow, uh, by the Lord, I ended up in Marshall 33 years ago, led of the Spirit, hmm. not of my flesh. And so this is the supernatural providence of God. Somehow I ended up on the radio with two brothers that I did not know. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's an unexplainable we, one right there. We, did, did we plan that? Did we plan it? Or was it in the foreknowledge of God? Mm, amen. Ooh, come on. 
See, it was in the foreknowledge of God. I thought, I mean, me and Ron Miller, we talked about it a little bit. I thought it was over when he passed. I said, well, okay. Next thing I know, God resurrects because it's his will. Amen. Glory. Yeah, it's his will. And he chose you two, chose me, he chose. That's sovereign, see. That's the spirit, led of the spirit. There's no other I would have chose this. Neither you got. God led us here. There's no accident that we're on the radio talking to the voice in the kingdom, bringing sonship to the forefront, the father's heart, because it's always been in his heart to have a family. Amen. Not Amen. a bunch of ministers every which way, hmm. but sons who minister, sons who, who serve, right? Right. We shared last week. He always wanted a kingdom of priests. He's always wanted sons and daughters. He's a father. He yeah. exists to become a father if you would let him today. Some of you are listening to me. God wants to be your father. Even our Lord Jesus explained that to us. Even when the disciples asked him to pray, remember in Matthew chapter 6, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. The first thing he said, he said, when you pray, pray, our Father. Come on. <laughs> our Father. What that tells us? What does that tell you? When I got somebody care about me. I got somebody going to be there for me tomorrow. I got somebody going to provide for me. Your father may abandon you. Your father may not have been home. But I'm here to tell you, there's a heavenly father that will be there for you. Ooh, glory. He's well, not going to let you down. He's not going to sell you down the river. He's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you if you let him be. That's right. See? That's right. And see, that's that's why, you know, we talk, we end up talking about this a lot, but that's why the enemy was so um, particular about the parts of our culture that he attacks. He's attacked yeah. the culture of our families for that very reason. There's a reason yeah. that he has made it so that in a lot of our <laughs> culture, there are children growing up without fathers. Mm. Makes that's it a key. whole lot harder for people to understand that there is a father that loves you and cares about you more than anything else yeah. on the planet. And yeah. he knew that that's why there's an attack on our family. You talked earlier about Roman, you know, Roman culture and it feeling like America. There's a reason that these cultures all feel the same because the same enemy mm -hmm. has been trying to divide it since the beginning of time. That's true because the father has such a role. See, even a natural biological father, he has the power to put signets or seal. When we talk about the seal, mm -hmm. you can put a seal on a child, seal of significance, a, a seal of value and importance. And a lot of kids are growing up without seals, and they don't know who they are. So they try to find it in drugs, sex, and all kinds of stuff, right. and, and not understanding who they are. See, fathers tell children who they are. Jesus, the father said, this is my beloved son, whom mm -hmm. I well please. Yeah, and see, if we as biological fathers or, or nursing fathers, right, nursing fathers, spiritual fathers, and say, yeah, hey, you are very important. We have a, a Christian school here, and I go over a lot, and we have a lot of uh, inner city kids. Um, I just tell them how valuable they are. I tell them they are very smart, very, you know what I mean? I'm putting a seal on them, a seal. Ooh, see? Come on. And kids, need, they need a seal. They need to know who they are. You're very important. We love about you. We love you. you. You you're smart. You're not dumb. You're gonna be successful in life. See, we have the the power to impart uh, our destiny to the next generation. We fathers, we have come up of age. We have the power to to leave a legacy and impart to them the word of God. Hmm. Ooh. And see, that's why, like you said, he took the fathers out of their home to remove the destiny of the children. Then Satan said his. His destiny for their life, prison, uh, uh, which, you know, uh, dying young and, and yeah. all this poverty. All, Satan does. He's behind that. Yeah. Think, think about in our culture all the things that we deal with from the enemy. Babies are dying. That's devaluing life 
period. Yeah. That's less fathers in the world. There Think about the homosexual there lifestyle. That's less yeah. true fathers because there's not mothers and fathers together. Having, I mean, all of the different things. I mean, even in politics, you've got weak men in positions of authority. Right. Well, there you go. There Every you go. aspect that we deal with in our culture has been cultivated over time. And that's why we can look at each of these cultures. We, we talk about it all the time. Oh, that sounds like America. Well, that's because the enemy's not stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He understand the power. See the power of a mature. That's why we get into. That's why it's so important to hear this word today for all of us. It's the word of God. Yeah, many of us are led by the Spirit. They are the we are for the mature sons of God. Then it says in verse fifteen, "But we have not received isn't it, the spirit of bondage hmm. again to fear." Hmm. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Father, Father. Amen. Hmm. See, that spirit of adoption is the word to place as a son. It's not like our adoption, you know, we adopt somebody and they become a stepchild. Ain't such thing in the kingdom of God. There's no stepchild. Joint heirs. See? Hmm. See? And ain't no such thing. It shouldn't be in our homes. We should never call a child just my stepchild. We should get away, do away with that. Yeah. The psychological damage we do to a child when we introduce them, this is my stepchild. Come on, man. Either he's your child or not. <laughs> even, you, either you have the spirit of adoption on you and you receive that child as your very own from your heart and your spirit, and he becomes your child. Not a stepchild. That's a step down. Right. Amen. Amen. Uh, and Thank you, Anita. You know, they, well, this is my real son, but this is my stepson. How you think that guy? <laughs> how you think that child feels being a stepchild? Yeah, amen. Goodness. All right, we got to take a break right here. We're going to step aside for our last, get into our last segment here to, to wrap all of this up this morning. Our trivia question is still out there. Uh, we've had a lot of folks calling in and just barely missing the mark on this one. Upon hearing of John the Baptist being killed, Jesus departed into a desert place. A crowd followed him after hearing the news. What miracle did he perform first? 270-257-2689. We will be right back with more with uh, Elder Jeff Arrington on Voice in the Kingdom. All right, and we are back with Voice in the Kingdom. All right. Thank you, Anita. I know uh, we're getting Anita fired up there in the in the control room. Uh, she's she's talking about her son at home and, and talking about, the, you know, that they they're just began uh, to become uh, foster parents and said they've ne they never refer to him as a foster child or anything other than their son. And the importance, the importance of that uh, is so tremendous. And Sherry Bryant just got our uh question correct and uh we'll get that taken care of here sherry bryant is added into the drawing and uh that first miracle after after finding out about john the baptist being killed he went into the desert place and uh before uh that as the multitude gathered, he, he healed the sick and uh, those needing healing or those um, uh, that were diseased. Uh, that was in Matthew 14, 14, Luke 9, 11, and John 6, 2. Mark doesn't mention it, uh, but after that is when the miracle of the five loaves and two fish happened as the multitude uh, was there and the, everybody was talking about what we're going to eat, what we're going to eat after he healed all the sick. And he said, well, here, give me these fish and give me these loaves and I'll take care of it. <laughs> oh, man, good stuff. All right, thank you, Sherry Bryant, for getting that correct. All right, Brother Jeff, we're into our final segment now and talking about sonship and maturity and, and the importance uh, of knowing who we are. Again, we always come back to identity. It always comes back to that. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get into this last little bit here and kind of wrap this up for folks this morning. 
Well, it's so important to, even in the natural, in dealing with children, to put a seal. We're talking about a seal, right? Yeah. It set a seal on them. And especially in the body of Christ, we should do away with this word of foster and, and step and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We, are, we have been placed as sons. This is the spirit of adoption. We're not second rate or, or step down in God's eyes to the Jews. No, we're his sons and daughters. <clears throat> yes. And this is where the Father puts seals on us, see? Brings us up into maturity where we can understand his heartbeat and, and, and relay that message even to to the natural children as well as spiritual children, mm-hmm. see? And uh, it removes that, that fear. It removes that doubt. It removes that... That, that that questioning of who they are and why nobody loves me and all and, you know all the stuff that teenagers go through. We're talking about technology as well as young young kids. They need a seal, see. We need fathers. That's why what the Lord ended this thing is that if we turn our hearts, the fathers would turn their hearts to the children. Hmm. See, and we have a prayer group Monday morning, we turn our hearts to the children. We're praying for this generation. Men, men, I'm talking about men. Yeah. Not just depending on our wives and the, and the women, but men step up. Yeah. Pray for the next generation. Men will fill in the gap, see? Yeah. And begin to, to, to bless them. God has given men, fathers, the power to bless. Yes. The Bible says Jacob, he gathered all his sons around, and he began to speak and to bless them. And God honored every word Jacob said. Man, it's a powerful force. Hmm. So I always tell our children, I said, don't leave your father's house without the blessing. Or your parents' house. Don't leave in strife and offense. Leave under the blessing. Yeah. And it's time for you to go. Because it's so powerful. It'll bless the rest of your life. Well, let's read on here. It says, the Spirit itself, now notice this, says, the Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Hmm. So here we see a spirit that God has put in us, a quickening spirit, put his spirit in us, and that spirit bear witness, see, it, it testifies that I'm a son of God, Quincy, you, Whitney, and the young lady there, we are, see, the children of God. Amen. Because there's something inside of us that, that testifies to that, see. Mm. Now, God has given us graces, and don't get it confused. God has given us graces and gifts and all types of abilities, see. He's given us tools to work with, but that's not who we are. The witness is that you are my children, you are my sons and my daughters, my people. And to understand that is to give me a seal of significance where I don't have to look for uh, success. I found it, see? Hmm. I can be at rest. I don't have to try to be successful in this life. I am successful. When you find Jesus, you step into success, right? Amen. I don't have to find uh, fulfillment. I found it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to find all this. I'm content in Christ. See, and this is where we put seals on, on people, on spiritual children, and, as well as natural children, and put that seal of significance and that fatherhood principle uh, of understanding that you have a father that cares about you. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. And Satan has set up and robbed us of our fathers in the homes. Yes, he has. But God is re- restoring his, his heart to the children, see, through us, sons of God. Because this brings us into heirship. It says, and if children and sons of God, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Amen. Hmm. He can only be an heir through sonship. 
you're not going to be an heir being just an apostle or or, or gift. <laughs> you got to come and send you to be an heir. See, yeah. and that's that kingship, that rulership that Satan don't want us to understand. See, because our whole society, even in the church, is set up on positions and gifts again, and we got a whole remnant out there still searching for who they are right in the church. Mm. Because we hadn't told them. <laughs> all apostles, all prophets, all teaching, no, no, no. Huh? Mm. But all can become sons and daughters. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to be a bastard. Are you doing receive God's sonship and he begins that journey in your life he takes you on that process and trust me he will he will receive you as a son he said he would yes hmm. he said he would see this is the kingdom of god this is this is what christ brought to the earth when he says you know i'm gonna build my ecclesia i'm gonna build me a family that will be unshakable i'm gonna build me a family that our future will be so secure that no devil in hell can stop them hmm. the gates of hell won't prevail Amen. It's called an unshakable future when you receive uh, uh, his spirit. Sure. Now, we're going to build this thing together. And, I, and I, I see it clearly. There's a hidden remnant that's listening right now that God is bringing forth. Yes. See, out of the shackles of, of religion, out of the shackles of man-made tradition, out, out, out into the freedom and liberty of the spirit, right? Mm, yes. And bring us into that New Testament spirit, that New Testament order of fellowship, the New Testament order of government in the church, the New Testament. And see, that's what we need in our country. We need elders. We don't need just politicians. We need fathers in the White House. Yes, yes. Mm. We need patriots that, that understand the love for America, the love for the country, the love for the family, the love for all Americans. See, that's what we need. Yeah. We don't need nobody up there uh, with agendas and personal pursuits and, and, and seeking power and position. No, 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 no. God set them down, and I'm asking God to raise up. Mm, yes. <laughs> See? <laughs> raise up fathers, raise up elders that love the nation, that love the country, that love the people. Amen. That's good stuff. Am I right about it? Yes, sir. Well, we're, we're getting uh, down to the last few minutes here, Brother Jeff. I want to give you an opportunity to give kind of your, your final thoughts, your your final uh bow on on today's broadcast well final things two scripture comes to mind when i uh isaiah 9 unto us it says a child was born but that child went through a process and a son was given amen and john picks it up in john chapter one and it says as many as received this son that was given he gives power to become sons of god hmm. When you receive what was given from the Father, his son, he gives you power to become. That word become is to germinate. You're able to produce sonship. You're able to reproduce God in your life when you receive his seed, his son. So today, if you can hear his voice today, don't harden your heart. I know I took the long way around, <laughs> but by faith, if you just receive what was given, a son is given. If you can receive that son, he gives you authority yes. to become mm. a son of God. Amen. Ah. With an unshakable future. That's good stuff. Well, Brother Jeff, we always appreciate your time on Tuesdays and, and the teaching and, and what God has imparted and allowed you to, to teach. And we, we are grateful for your obedience in that. And uh, we thank you so much uh, for taking time with us. And we look forward to next Tuesday with you, brother. 
Well, I thank God for this, this opportunity to to share the gospel of the kingdom. I know it's a little different, but uh, we all see in part. <laughs> and we all we all need each other in the body of Christ. So, you know, receiving all the body of Christ causes us to come into maturity. So, thank you guys for the uh, opportunity. Amen, brother. Thank you so much. We'll see you again on Tuesday. Thank you very much. Amen. All right, thank you. All right, that's brother Jeff Arrington and. Uh, become a regular guest on Tuesdays to uh, share uh, the wisdom of the kingdom of God with us and, and what God has shown him. And we are very appreciative of, of him taking time out and, and helping us uh, and helping each of our listeners. Uh, we uh, really do appreciate it. And we have those on podcast and, and uh, other avenues to where you can get catch up on that. If you haven't heard any of his teachings, he's been on, I believe it's about four Tuesdays now. And uh, we're very grateful for it.